Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. So I read a lot lately about Christians, uh, so-called Christians who have fallen away from their faith. There's actually a term now that's called Instagram apostasy. This is where famous Christians are posting their falling away stories. And sadly, hashtag apostasy started to trend. A guy named Joshua Harris was one of the biggest ones that did that. He was pastor and a best-selling author, and he posted his Instagram apostasy. And he said, quote, By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. How does that happen? How does someone who claims to be a Christian have such a huge platform commit apostasy? Well, I'm in the second part of a sermon series called What to Expect Before and After Jesus Returns. I think it's a timely series. Part two, today is apostasy. We're asking you, are you ready? Are you expecting these things? Are you looking for these signs? What to expect before Jesus returns? Expect apostasy, which is a falling away from your faith. Paul writes to the Thessalonian church, don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day. And what day is he talking about? The day of the Lord. That's the day of the Lord's wrath. Will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. So last week I talked about the man of lawlessness and what that means. But today, we're going to talk about apostasy. The Greek word is apostasia. Apo means away or from, and the word histemi means to stand. So literally, it means to stand away from or to fall away or depart. How does that happen? Well, first, apostasy is the brainchild of the devil. The devil will try to get anyone he can, get a foothold in any area, including one's faith. That's why Paul writes to Timothy, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from their faith, paying attention to what? Deceitful spirits and doctrines or teachings of demons. So people who fall away from Christ are those who tend to not be grounded in the Word of God. They fall for doctrines of demons, which is false teaching. And if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So make sure you stand for the truth of God's Word. You know, it was the devil who tempted Judas to depart from Jesus. Sadly, Judas succumbed because he was not a true believer. Now, this brings up a very important question. Can a Christian lose his or her salvation? If someone is saved, can they lose that? Can they fall away? Can they be unsaved? It's in the letter of John the Apostle in 1 John 2.19. He's very clear what happens here. He says, they, people who aren't, went away from us. But they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. 
I finished a series recently called Not of the World. When you're not of the world, it means you're of Jesus. People who fall away like this and commit apostasy were never of us. They were never truly of Christ. They're like Judas, who kind of play a game. And Judas and all the other apostates who followed in his footsteps were never of us, the church, the body of Christ. Now, they hung out with us. They fellowshiped with us. They acted like us, but they were never of us. They were never of Christ. They are like the seeds that fall on the infertile soil. It never takes hold. They were never truly saved. And therefore, were never sealed with the Spirit of God because they never truly believed. I've seen people like this, sadly. They come in the church, they're hot. They seem like everything's going really fast. And then all of a sudden, you never hear from them again. They fall away. The word didn't stick. They didn't truly believe. Because you can't lose what you didn't earn. You didn't earn salvation. It's a free gift, but it comes by faith. What I'm talking about there is different than a prodigal. Because a prodigal is a part of the family. In fact, in the parable of the prodigal, he's a son. He lives in God's house, but he goes out for a little while, or she goes out for a little while. They eventually return because they belong to God, and God draws them back. So don't give up on your prodigals. But apostates were never sons or daughters to begin with. Jesus speaks of this. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read from the parable of the wheat. So listen up, because this is what's going on in the church today. Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed tares or chaff, which is things that look like wheat but are fake wheat, among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, when the tares became evident also. So what happened was the wheat started to sprout, the true wheat, and then the fake wheat came up and it looked just like it. So the slave said to the landowner, they said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How can there be chaff? How can there be fake seeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the slave, the servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather it up? But the master said, no, for while you're gathering up the fake wheat, the chaff, you may accidentally uproot the true wheat with them. So allow them both to grow together until the harvest. And in that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather the tares, bind them up, bundle them up and burn them up and gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. What's happening in the church today, sadly, the person next to you might be chaff. Hopefully not. But that's what Jesus is saying. And only God knows. Because on the outside, they act and look the same like Judas. We can know Jesus is coming soon by the increase in apostasy. Because the harvest is near and Jesus is coming back and he's going to gather up what's his own and take us to be with him. Next, apostasy comes by way of rejection of truth. 
Like I said, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything, okay? You have to stand for the truth. It's important to stand for the truth of the gospel. Once truth becomes relative or subjective, according to your feelings and your thoughts, it's not truth any longer. It's an opinion. And there's a lot of opinions going on in our world today. Those who stand away from the truth of God's word will fall into these opinions and these doctrines of demons, these false teaching, and can lead to apostasy. This is why the preaching and the teaching of the word is of utmost importance. But you have to believe it. You have to receive it. If not, you can fall away like the two men mentioned in this next passage. They're the only time mentioned in the Bible, but it's interesting who they are. 2 Timothy 3.8, Paul writes to Timothy, Just as John's and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. So he's comparing these two people to people who resist the truth. Men who are corrupt in mind, wordless in regards to the faith. Does anyone know? The $50 million question. Does anyone know who John's and Jambres are? They're not the people that work down the street at the store. According to Jewish legend, they were the names of the Pharaoh's magicians. You remember Pharaoh and the magicians with Moses? They opposed and they imitated the miraculous signs. But who was imitating through them? The devil. They imitated godliness, but they were counterfeits. And that's what the devil does. He's a deceitful entity, and he sends deceitful spirits to try and trick you. Paul writes to Timothy of the threat of what are called pseudo-Christians or fake Christians, those who oppose the truth and reject the gospel. You can't be a true Christian of the wheat and reject the word. Can't happen. But because Timothy stood strong in truth, Paul writes, he says, but they will not go very far because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You would think as Christians look at the church, they would go, oh man, that person has fallen away because they're not grounded in the word. It's clear to everyone what's going on. That's sadly not the case. Because here's the problem with our church today. The Johns and Jambres have become the pastors and leaders of the church. And they're leading the sheep astray onto slaughter. Those are pseudo-shepherds. They're fake shepherds. They don't have no interest in the sheep. They're like the religious leaders. Jesus looked at them and said, you're like a whitewashed tomb. On the outside, you look good. On the inside, you're rotting. Why do I take such an interest in preaching the word even during this time? It's because this is what we have to stand on, on the truth of God's word. Next, according to Jesus, even the elect are susceptible. Now that's interesting, because I told you before, if someone is truly saved, meaning they've been sealed by God's Spirit through the faith in Christ, they can't commit apostasy. They might wander off for a while, but God will lead them back home. But in the last days, Jesus says that even the elect are susceptible to apostasy. So how can the elect, those who are chosen by God before the foundation of the world, be susceptible? Well, the answer is clear. Everyone, if not careful, is susceptible. Jesus doesn't say that they will commit apostasy. He says that they are susceptible. So don't become so proud that you think that never could happen. Turn to Matthew 24, which is Jesus speaking of the last days. And we're going to look at verse 15. So Matthew 24, 15. 
Jesus is speaking, he says, therefore, when you see, and he's speaking to Israel here, the abomination of desolation, that's the Antichrist, the world leader that will make an appearance during the great tribulation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea, they got to flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop or working in the fields, they need to run. And they need to go back and get their stuff and leave. But here's what Jesus says. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray that your flight will not be in the winter. So pray that this won't happen in the winter or on the Sabbath because everything's closed on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation like no other time. No other tribulation ever in the history of the world will be like this one. This will be the worst tribulation. And then verse 22, unless those days, he's speaking of upcoming days, had been cut short, no life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here's the Christ or there he is, don't believe him because false Christ, false prophets, false leaders will rise up and do great signs and wonders. And they might even, if possible, mislead the elect. Behold, I've told you in advance. And then he goes on to say, And as lightning comes from the east and flashes from the west, so will be the coming Son of Man be. So he's speaking of the great tribulation, which is a seven-year period at the end of that when Jesus returns to judge the world. Now, who is the elect in this passage? I believe this particular elect here is Israel, because he's speaking of the great tribulation. I believe these are the elect that will rise up out of the great tribulation time because people will come to faith. We heard this a while back. I was teaching on the 144,000 Jews. They're Jewish of every tribe. They're sealed with God's Spirit, but not like we're sealed. They're sealed on their foreheads, but God protects the elect during this time. Now, where are we? Where are those who came to the party early, so to speak? Where are we? We're in heaven. So the elect here are people that have to live through the worst hell on earth experience anyone can ever live. And the people here are people that come to faith during the great tribulation. Now, we're all susceptible to lies. Don't think that you're any better or stronger than someone else. It's only by God's grace that you even have the faith. And if you're struggling with faith, you should ask God to give you more faith, stronger faith, In other words, lean on God, stand on his word. If you do, odds are you're going to stay on the right path. Now, so what should I do to be ready? Be in the word and with the family. Be in the word and with the family, as we're talking about. The genuine family, the true wheat, the whole wheat, I call it. See, Judas, think about him. Judas was with the word, Jesus, but he wasn't in the word. In the word means abiding, remaining. Jesus said, apart from you can do nothing. Judas was with the family, but not of the family. He was an outsider. He was fake wheat. Don't be an outsider. Even if you haven't placed your faith in Christ, today's the day. Become an insider. Become one of the genuine, those who are truly saved by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and placing your trust in him for your salvation and staying grounded in the word 
especially during times like this. It's easy to fall away from the word. Don't, because that's your anchor. Stand with Christ and stand with his church, the family of God. So I want to pray. I invite you to receive Jesus Christ into your heart today and become an insider. And here's the thing. If you do, you won't have to worry about what those people have to deal with during the Great Tribulation. You don't want to be here. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did so that we can become genuine and we can become true wheat. And I pray, Father, that if there's anyone out there today that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they'd open their heart and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. You are the Word of God. And I want you to live inside of me by your Spirit. Thank you for dying for my sins and rising from the dead. And thank you for coming again to take me to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com. Make me your voice.